Welcome back to the Words First podcast, where we talk about marketing through the lens of language and words. We talk a lot about how to implement the StoryBrand framework, and I generally have conversations with StoryBrand guides and their work with specific industries or types of clients. And today's no different. I have Rice King with me today. She is a StoryBrand guide and has, she does a lot of things, but one of the the verticals and the clients that she serves are real estate agents, and so we're going to talk about how to how to implement story brand if you are a real estate agent today. Royce, welcome to the show, and give us give us a little bit of your background, where are you coming from, and and what do you what do you like about what you do? Well, Matt, thank you for having me on Words First. Words have always been interesting to me. I took a lot of wordsmithing classes in high school and ended up becoming a copywriter in 2014. Hmm. And because I had investing experience, I invested in real estate from 2001 to 2009 or 10, took a break, well, actually took a fall (laughs) in the market. (laughs) What happened in 2009? I don't remember. Yeah. (laughs) We may be seeing some of that soon, but... uh, Anyway, I took a a fall, and when I started my business in 2014, real estate was just a natural niche that I understood and had a lot of experience in. And so clients came, they naturally were attracted to me because I could speak their language and help them sell houses. And so I worked with real estate agents very early on, and did get back into investing. And now my clients aren't just real estate agents, but they're private equity firms, syndicates, Mm. commercial brokerages, a wild range of real Mm. estate professionals. And it's been a joy to make that one of my favorite niches. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I, I think this will be a really interesting conversation because A, I think people in real estate, brokers, real estate agents, they they pretty naturally see themselves as a guide to their customers. Mm-hmm. They're they're there to help, you know, someone find the home of their dreams or, you know, get a great deal whatever that is. But there are some specific unique aspects of that world where it gets a little bit complicated if you're just trying to take what you've read in building a story brand or heard on the podcast and apply it directly. What are some of the areas that you've thought of that real estate folks get tripped up with or find kind of challenging about applying story brand to their business? Well, before I speak to how they apply story brand, because Mm. a lot of them aren't story brand aware, let me back up and just say, Top performing agents recognize themselves as a personal brand and they're Mm. not so dependent on their major houses like Keller Williams, Berkshire Hathaway, EXP, et cetera, et cetera, Mm -hmm. right? They understand that they're building their own brand and clients want to work with them and not not whatever the sign says hanging outside. And so that's the first distinction I would make is agents that are really interested in investing in their own business and not being Mm -hmm. reliant on the big names are my ideal customer because they're willing to invest in having their bios written, emailing their 
face regularly, et cetera, and not relying on the corporate communications to do it for them. But a difficulty I think they have when they are story brand aware and they say, you know, I'd love to have my website redone. Oftentimes it's hard to get them to understand the difference between what we call the guide and the hero, right? They're so used to being a guide for buyers and sellers, but they want to position themselves as the hero with I've won XYZ awards Mm -hmm. and they have a whole list of 12 different awards that they've won and they're multi-million dollar producers, et cetera, et cetera. And they want all of that to be the focus. Mm. When really, I ask, how does that translate to working with me as a buyer or a seller? Well, if you're a multi-million dollar producer, it shows me you're full-time. You understand the market right now, whether it's up or down. And if I'm selling, that can Prove to me you'll know how to price my house. If I'm buying, it proves that you know if we can utilize your negotiation skills or if the market's mm-hmm. too tight that I need you to be full-time so we can get in the door in an hour, right? That you're not just a weekend warrior with this. Yeah. And so we're really trying to position how your expertise and all those awards translate into serving your customer. Yeah. Let's so yeah, let's dig into that a little bit. I real estate agents, I think classically you see them on like bus benches. You see the face everywhere. Like the ones who are really investing in their personal brand, it's very much about them and and it, it feels like I imagine there's other industries, you know, musicians and and other artists kind of run into this challenge as well. But where you're, it's a personal brand. And so you're really trying to sell yourself on one hand. And at the same time, you're trying to elevate your customer to be the hero. And I can see how that can be kind of a tension where you're trying to explain. I mean, in a lot of ways, I guess it's it could be easy to slip into that hero mode as as a you know, as a personal brand, I'm going to get you the best deal possible. I'm here to like, I, I, you know, work with a hundred people every year or I sell, you know, whatever number of houses I have this many listings and it can really, you feel like that's what you have to do to promote yourself as a person. You have to talk yourself mm-hmm. up. Right. But mm-hmm. that's not really the role that you want to play as a guide for your customers. And it, the reason from a marketing perspective is that if you put yourself in that hero role, you're just, your customers are just less attracted to you. They don't, they don't recognize you as the solution to their problems. They, they actually, in a weird way, see you almost as a competitor because it seems like your goals of selling more houses are maybe in conflict with like helping you find the right house for you or sell your yes. house, right? Yes. You couldn't have said it any better. And that's the conversation that I have weekly with realtors that call Mm. me to work with them. We really want to position your expertise so it serves the needs of your customers. And I understand you're proud of 12 different awards. I've earned Mm -hmm. them too. But the problem is that it's all about beating your own chest. And we talk in StoryBrand about combining empathy and authority and so while Mm -hmm. all those awards do build your authority we want you to empathize Mm -hmm. yeah the 
the order that you kind of present those things is is a little different. Those those awards, your experience, all of the the you know great things about how good you are at your job, they matter. But it's later, right? It it helps kind of overcome hesitation or objections to maybe hiring you. But first, you need to make sure that you're you're presenting yourself as someone who understands the problem that your your customers and clients have and then that you're that you have that empathy that you understand mm-hmm. them as a as a person. Another challenge a lot of people in real estate I've I've seen have is that they don't have one type of buyer or one type of customer. They're often working both on with buyers and with sellers and uh, from my experience talking to real estate agents they 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 would prefer to work with sellers but it's often easier to market to buyers there's there's a couple of things that i found that it seems like it's easier to position yourself as a guide to a buyer than than to a, a seller in in some ways have you found that to be a challenge and how do you address those like two different audiences someone looking to buy someone looking to sell because they have different needs and, and goals right They do, but the great thing about the story brand methodology or framework is that all of those seven pieces work together, right? Mm. They're creating a story loop to draw people into. And so we use that homepage to combine all those seven elements, but then we kick off those two different customers into different pages. And Mm -hmm. so typically... When I'm writing web copy for a real estate agent, it is the homepage, the about, and then Mm -hmm. the buyer's page and seller's page. So we Mm -hmm. do break off those avatars, those audiences, to speak specifically to how you help them. And that helps the messaging stay consistent, and it helps Mm -hmm. especially a newer buyer or seller know the process and know that while it seems overwhelming, that this real estate professional is the experience guide that will walk them mm-hmm. through the process and make it seamless and as stress, stressless as possible. And so really speaking to that apprehension on both sides, because moving is one of the most stressful things that we can do, right? It's up there mm-hmm. in our top five and I've done quite a bit of moving too, so I know yeah. that it, it takes the right agent to handle the transaction and help you achieve your goals. Yeah, sometimes I think we get we get a little fixated on the external problem, right? And like in this case, I'm going to help you buy or sell something. Like that's the that that's it's like the the direct like thing service that you're offering but your your customers might actually be a lot more worried about internal issues about you know worry and stress and anxiety and as a guide or as their as their guide you can play a bigger role in helping solve those sorts of issues than than simply I'm going to get you the best deal, right? And I mean, everybody wants a good deal, but that's not always the top priority that people are worried about. But it's the one that we as business owners often think is the most important thing. And, And so it's important to make sure you understand. Well, I mean, it goes back to that understanding and having empathy for your customers as people, not just as clients or as as someone that you're you're trying to sell services to. Yeah. 
Yeah, and let's face it. I mean, I said I've done a lot of moving, and mm -hmm. so Matt, we all know a half a dozen realtors, right? Yeah. We can count friends, neighbors, ex coworkers, whatever. Everybody seems to have a real estate license these days. Mm -hmm. And I remember when I was trying to sell one of my homes, I had a goal in mind. I was getting married, and we were combining households and. Mm -hmm. So I thought through my six closest realtor friends and said, which one do I ask? Which person uh -huh. is going to be the best to help me achieve my goal? And so keep in mind that you are competing even in the minds of your friends, and they're trying yeah. to understand <laughs> how you can be the best one to help them because they do know a handful of people that they could call. Yeah. <laughs> I... I totally relate to that. I think actually when we when we bought our house, we ended up hiring someone that we didn't know very well, in mm -hmm. part because it was awkward if we were going to pick one friend <laughs> over another. There so, you go. There are there are different ways. Well, let's um, let's hold on the website thing for a second, and then I, I do want to talk about other areas when it comes to marketing and story brand that are really important for people in real estate. The big question. So we build a lot of websites. We've, we've, I've designed several websites for real estate brokerages and individual agencies. And, and one of the big questions that they always have is about their MLS listings. So if you go to a typical real estate site, the homepage in that hero section, the first thing you see is like a, an option to to put in what are you looking for you know three bedrooms two baths 2500 square feet whatever whatever it is and you start seeing listings and i i think that's one of the biggest mistakes actually that real estate companies and agents make with their website is that they lead with here's a bunch of homes that you could be living in instead of leading with here's why you want to have me as your agent uh I'm going to assume you've seen similar things, but you know maybe maybe unpack that a little bit and and explain. In, well, you can disagree with me, I guess, if if that's not true. But why why do you think that that isn't necessarily like the best way to to lead out as a if if on your website as a as a real estate person? Well, speaking from personal experience, when I moved cross country about a year ago, it was very important to choose someone that knew my needs and would listen and mm -hmm. understand. And so I can see all the options on Zillow or wherever. Mm -hmm. I don't need you to help me look for three bedroom, two baths. I've probably done that myself and have yeah. a list of 30 that I'm interested in. What I need you for is like in my case, I was moving cross country. I needed you to steer me away from areas that were dangerous. And I know as realtors, you can't really say things outright, but you can lead your buyer and hear what they're saying and answer in a way that uh -huh. they can steer themselves away from that. I needed some video tours because uh -huh. I couldn't be there and homes were selling so fast. And uh -huh. interestingly enough, she chose a home for us. She listened so well. She chose a home for us, did a video tour. We put an offer in on it like the week before we were coming, but it was contingent upon us seeing it live since it was about a week mm -hmm. away. Well, the market was so hot, they did not take our offer. But here's the point. 
she listened so well that when we did get moved and we had time mm -hmm. to drive by that house, we thought, well, we did choose a great house because she mm -hmm. continued to lead us, but we drove by that house and thought, you know, she really did hear us and we would yeah. have been happy there. It wasn't about her commission. It was about where would Royce mm -hmm. and her husband be happy? And she mm -hmm. was steering us towards the perfect house through that video walkthrough with us. And mm -hmm. so we really are choosing agents to meet our needs we can see all the Zillow listings online, or if we're selling, yeah. we can look up comps on our own. We don't need you for that, right? Information mm -hmm. so abundant online. What we need is for you to listen. Yeah, and and you know, you know your city. You know what's available better than your clients do. You often a really great agent can hear what someone's saying and interpret it to what they actually need and what what your clients might be looking at and seeing on Zillow and picking out might not actually be what they may not realize that that's not quite what they're actually looking for, but you as yeah. a guide know that stuff better and so you you can really play a role as long as you're positioning yourself as as that that person that's going to guide them instead of leading with like here's a bunch of houses for you to, to, to look at so when when i think about a a website for a, a real estate comp whether it's a whether it's a whole brokerage or an individual person you want to lead with the the team or the person you know how are you going to help them achieve their goals i, I always like to think you you want some aspirational you know we're going to help you find the home of your dream or something like that as as the lead and the main call to action isn't view listings the main call to action is set up a call or let's talk or you mm -hmm. know you want to set that meeting that is the main thing it's okay in my mind, it's okay to have MLS listings on your website. I do know from the web design side of things, that really increases the cost of a website to have a really well-integrated MLS system. And so we've also seen a lot of people be very successful without that on their website and really focusing on using the website as a way to sell themselves. And then those MLS listings, they exist out there. You can still, you know, whatever service you use, you can set up the customized searches for your clients and they can get those links in the email. It doesn't have to be on your website necessarily for you to have access to MLS. But with that, I'm, I'm going to use it as an opportunity to pivot because I know you've done a fair bit of MLS copywriting for clients. I think you've said it's not necessarily directly story brand, but do you want to talk a little bit about from a marketing perspective the the role that MLS listings play um, and how important is that for for an agent you know how are the different ways is there a lot of difference in terms of how people talk about the houses and their listings and, and what tell us what you know about this <laughs> well I don't use the story brand framework for MLS listings because I I don't find that it translates well in my mm -hmm. experience, and I've written thousands of MLS listings. But what I find is agents get lazy, and I could take you on Zillow right now and show you. It says three-bedroom, two-bath charmer, big mm -hmm. yard, call today, right? It's just yeah. a simple, short, two-sentence blurb. It's not well written. Mm -hmm. And honestly, 
the power is in those 30 to 50 pictures that you put up there because I can see the home. I can do a good job of feeling like I'm touring the home. Mm -hmm. And even with the interactive videos that are used, I get that feel. So here's the way I love to write listings. I love to, rather than using bullet points of 2,000 square feet, three bed, two bath, carpeted, mm -hmm. right? I make you feel as if you're walking through that house in the order that you're laying the pictures out for them to see. Mm -hmm. So as you approach the front porch, the covered front porch that you know, extends the length of the house. Imagine yourself mm -hmm. sitting out and sipping coffee in the mornings that faces the east and, you know, mm -hmm. whatever it might be. And I'm making that up off the top of my head, so sure. it's not well scripted. But, <laughs> you know, walking in the front door, the open, inviting room full of natural light will be a great place for conversation and friends and family to gather, right? So I try to make you feel like you're living there yeah. and give you a sense of what that lifestyle would be for that house, right? Main level living, split floor plan plays a part into your lifestyle, a private oasis in the backyard. And so those descriptive words as you're yeah. walking through the pictures really gives you a sense that you're there. Yeah. I mean, the old cliche is that a, a picture says a thousand words, but I actually don't think that that's super helpful when people think about marketing because pictures do communicate something, but you got to remember people are looking at dozens or hundreds of houses and there's a lot of, there's been a lot of advancement in photography. There's a lot of great photographers out there. And so it gets, it almost becomes noise when you've seen, you know, a hundred different listings. And so when you're able to connect those words, a compelling, really you're kind of saying like telling a story or helping them like opening up a story loop. I know you said you don't use story brand as the framework, but this idea of like, what if I lived there and being able to like see themselves in that space, combining really great words with really great pictures. That's a concept that is so powerful. Uh, people make a mistake often by thinking about marketing and their website as primarily it needs to look great and they miss out. And this is what's so powerful about the story brand framework. They, they miss out and they misunderstand that actually the words on your site are so important. But there's also like a second level to that where great design great imagery combined with the right words, that imagery can really amplify it and turn it into a super powerful marketing message. And so when you have both of those things together, uh, that, that works a lot better. You know, I would say words are more important than images in most cases, but having design or imagery that goes with the words, like that's really one, where you wanna be. That's the ideal scenario in my mind, most effective. <laughs> Well said, Matt. My husband is a photographer and sells his art mm -hmm. to stage homes and to put in homes. And he would agree with that. His art doesn't mm -hmm. sell without the words next to it to share the story. And mm -hmm. so while those pictures will give you an idea of what the inside looks like, let's face it. If you're looking for a contemporary home, everything has white quartz countertops and, and gray yeah. PVC flooring right now. So. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, that's it, I'll, the, I mean, this is a tangent, but I, I'm sure we're going to look back on the like early 2020s. There's going to be a very distinct look and feel in the same way that we look back on, you know, oh, that that house looks like right out of the 70s or right out of the 90s. Right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's. Let's pivot a little bit beyond websites and thinking about other aspects of, of marketing. I, I've i been known – I don't know how much I've talked about it on this show, but I've been known as a person who's a little bit of a, a skeptic currently about lead, lead magnets like lead gen PDFs and things like that. But you had mentioned that you have seen a ton of success with them with your real estate clients. And so I'd love you to talk a little bit about that and you know make your case. Maybe, maybe you can convince me that I'm wrong about this. <laughs> I think if you're a real estate agent that has a well-defined niche, that lead magnets can work extremely well. And like I said, I work with commercial brokerages and uh-huh. private equity firms that get investors in multifamily syndications or, or storage syndications and what have you. And that works extremely well for all of those. But if you are a real estate agent with a defined niche, a lead magnet can do wonders. And I'll share just one quick example. I had Mm -hmm. a real estate agent in Florida near Disney World. And for those of you who are familiar with that market, you know, Disney World has tourists year round, right? Mm -hmm. And many of the vacation homes are owned by either people from the UK or Brazil. Well, if you're not from this country and you're trying to buy a home in another country, there are some nuances. Just like, you know, I'm leaving for Italy here in a couple of Mm -hmm. weeks. And if I wanted to go buy a home there, I would need someone to tell me how an American buys a home Mm -hmm. and how the closing process is different. So this agent specialized in those buyers. She was like trilingual or multilingual Uh and she specialized in those international buyers that wanted the vacation home for them to stay in for a month and then do short-term rental in the Uh other 11 months so we did a lead magnet for her on the top 10 whatever reasons to invest in central florida or something i forget Uh what i've called it but We spoke specifically to that international buyer, and she became the expert resource for Mm -hmm. the international buyers, which come in droves, by the way. So Mm -hmm. by positioning herself so uniquely, she set herself Mm -hmm. head and shoulders above the thousands, literally thousands of other Central Florida real estate agents that could have just sold the home. And it goes back to what you said about Uh looking for homes on the MLS system. We can find those ourselves, but who can speak my language and Uh who knows the nuances of how to purchase and finance a home if I'm from out of the country. And that Uh was amazing to set herself apart. So I've seen it work extremely well and it takes the professional Uh copywriter to get that creative strategy in place right a lot of business owners and personal brands are leaning on chat gpt or something right now and saying oh i can do this myself Uh well no it took a creative copywriter to position her that way and it Uh did wonders for her business 
Yeah, well, without without going too far down the the AI ChatGPT <laughs> route, but you know the the important piece, these tools that we're seeing come up, and you know they can make the life of a copywriter you know more efficient and faster. But the challenge is not is not generating a thousand words about a topic. It's about choosing a topic that is really going to resonate with your yes. audience and that is is really targeted. And and to that to your point about lead gens in general, I where a lot of my skepticism comes from is we are far beyond the days when like a clever clickbait headline is enough to get people to sign up for your free email list. There has to be real value behind that. And it has to really speak to an an actual need that someone has. And so the, the real mistake that I see people making is not spending enough time understanding who is my audience and what do they actually need from this download? Because you have to imagine that download has to in my mind, it has to be something that someone would pay like 10 or $20 to get in order for them to be willing to get it for free but give up their email address because people are so used to, you know, anything you put your email address into, now all of a sudden you're on this this funnel. If they don't believe that that funnel and that ebook and whatever it is is going to add value and it's just become it's just going to be a marketing, you know, blast every day. Buy from me, buy from me, buy from me. That's that's been our experience from so many of these downloads. It's just harder and harder to convince people that it's worth it. And so the more you know your buyer, the more targeted that can be, the the better. And just, you know, five things you need like the the five hottest neighborhoods in Orlando or something is not gonna is not gonna usually be targeted probably enough to to be as effective as something that like you said was really specifically for an audience that this agent understood and that they were going after. This is like off topic, but I think real estate agents are another one of those areas where there's so much competition. There are mm-hmm. so many different you know, individuals and, and brokerages and, you know, you're comp- it, the, it's so competitive in like the ads world. It can be very expensive to try to do all these things. And it's an area that I think is really helpful to, to remember. One of my lines is different is better than better. Like being able to be distinctive and have a clear that you're after or a way to differentiate yourself from the thousands of other people you're competing against is more important then, you know, if you've won 12 awards and the other guy has only won 10 awards, that's not a big enough, like, you're not that much better that it's going to be a convincing reason for them to go with you over them. But if you serve an international buyer and he serves everybody, you're definitely going to be out, you know, out front for that specific audience that you're after. And so having clarity around your your audience or your, your ideal customer, it, man, it's such a helpful thing, I think, for for just about any business, but I, I think in a in a really competitive space like real estate, especially, can be pretty powerful. I agree. And marketing is so generic; you tire of it. Just like you said, you need to share so much value to make it worth it. And mm-hmm. even in, you know, as a marketing professional, I get tired of opening emails that are like "buy me, buy me, <laughs> buy me," or. You know, I've joined a webinar and I get 10 emails in four days. You know, some of it's overkill and you don't seem genuine when you do that. Mm -hmm. And I tend to buck some of the marketing trends because I think they're Mm -hmm. disingenuous. 
<laughs> yeah, and I, I think people do that because they haven't done the work of figuring out how to be empathetic and helpful and really play that role of guide. So they make up for it. They try to make up for it in volume instead of in, you know, a thought thoughtfulness and, and yes. helpfulness, right? Uh, let's talk about social media quick. That's social media. I think it's a challenge for people in the real estate world. You know, they're, they're using their personal networks, but you know, it, it can be hard it can be one of those areas where it feels like you can put a lot of time into it and you're not sure what you're getting out of it. And so you don't really want to do it or, you know, real estate agents are really busy. And so this idea of, Oh, I got to post three times a day on Twitter or something like that can be a bit overwhelming. What, what have you found is social media important for people in real estate? What's, what's the best way to approach it in your mind? The agents I've spoken to, are pretty much in unanimous agreement that it is a necessary evil these days, mm -hmm. right? You need a social media presence on at least one channel. Mm -hmm. And I find most of them don't enjoy doing it. It's actually mm -hmm. an unwelcome interruption in their day. And so I do manage social media accounts mm -hmm. for them. But I'm also finding that because we've gone from text, you know, just a few short years ago on Facebook, a text-based caption, and then we moved towards images with the mm -hmm. rise of Instagram and Pinterest, and now we're more into short video clips with TikTok mm -hmm. and Facebook Lives and stuff that it's even harder to keep up because it requires time and maybe you have to feel like your camera ready, right? Is all my hair in yeah. place and man, this headset's <laughs> messing up my hair do and this and that, right? And, and we've gone from posting a couple of times a week to a couple of times a day is the norm on some channels. And so yeah. it really is an interruption and I'm about to roll out a new product this year to solve that problem and bring them in for a day in front of a videographer and take those B-rolls and those short clips and those long clips and do pretty much a one day of work to create uh -huh. a year's worth of content because let's face it, a realtor that is just doing this as a side hustle and selling two homes a year, they uh -huh. can keep up on their social media themselves. But that top performer, multi-million dollar producer that is working long hours and writing contracts at 10 o'clock at night, uh -huh. they cannot keep up with social posts. And if they can, they're not doing it at the optimal time for the best engagement. Uh -huh. And they need someone to just take that mundane thing off their yeah. plate. And that's been the problem with social media is it's evolving so quickly. It's demanding more of us mm -hmm. to do good at it, yeah. to do a good job of it. Yeah. That, you know, the challenge with social media is it's social, right? It's, it's person to person. This is kind of going back to this personal brand. You can't, you can't outsource yourself you, or you can't, you can't pull yourself out of it and just hire. I mean, there are tons of content farms who will like do social media for you, but it's just the same, you know, kind of blase Instagram posts or, or whatever it is, you know, inspirational quotes and stuff like that, that you really have to be a part of it. So you're the personal brand, your face. And so mm -hmm. the, the solution you're talking about, it's not that you're getting yourself out of that 
piece of it because again it's social media it's person to person but it is outsourcing the like the the tactical you know building the posts and, and getting them scheduled and things like that that's an area where you can really benefit from having a team or an agency or someone else helping you you know get that stuff out there rather than you know like you said video it's a higher it's a higher lift you gotta you gotta record it usually edit it or put it put it together you have to be camera ready ready and so being able to batch some of that stuff together and then create a bunch of content that can be dripped out over time and having someone else to help you i think can be really beneficial we've all seen people who are just like naturally good at social media and that's that's great for them i'm with you so many business owners in real estate and elsewhere, they just don't like doing social media that much, but they know they also kind of have to. And so I, I think a key piece of that is figuring out how can I be a part of the social media piece of it as as the business owner? You, you kind of have to be the face of your social media in a lot of cases, but without all of the time requirements to actually produce it, that's stuff that you can hand off to other people or outsource to, you know, to someone else. So do you, I mean, you mentioned video. Do you think there's an ideal platform these days for real estate folks to be on? You know, you mentioned, you know, working with, if you're working more on the commercial side, do they need to be on LinkedIn and individual agents need to be on Instagram and TikTok? What, do you have a, an opinion on that? My opinion is to be where your ideal client hangs out mm -hmm. and not try to master all of them. You may have mm -hmm. a presence on several of them, but don't try to master all of them. Really focus on wherever your client hangs out. And so I have a commercial real estate broker that sells business properties like retail out parcels. Mm -hmm. And his best platform is LinkedIn. Now, yeah. we also manage on Link on Facebook for him, but that's not where his traffic and his clients mm -hmm. are necessarily. It's just like we said earlier, that necessary evil where he feels mm -hmm. like he needs a presence on there. LinkedIn is where his buyers are going to come from. But if you're selling a residential buyer a first-time home or relocating for military or something and it's just basic residential facebook is typically the best place but we can have that conversation because things are changing so quickly that what i say now, <clears throat> excuse me what i say now may not be true in six months you know tiktok <laughs> right. has gained ground considerably fast faster than any other platform <laughs> and so we may eliminate Twitter, Facebook, yeah. Instagram, and Pinterest for TikTok here in six months. Who knows? <laughs> well, and on but, the other hand, you know, the <laughs> there are talks of the the U.S. government, you know, banning TikTok. So exactly. we can find ourselves on the other side of that coin <laughs> in six months. So who knows? <laughs> yeah, who knows? Social media is ever evolving, like I said before, and so as it changes, you need someone that's keeping up on those trends to. Mm -hmm. to direct you and guide that content calendar. Yeah. Well, let's, I think we're going to wrap it up here in a second, but let's, let's go all the way back to the beginning and say you are a, a I don't know, it can be either an individual agent or a, you know, a commercial broker or something like that. Where, where do you start with your marketing? What it, they're, so they come in, they say, look, 
we don't know what we're doing for our marketing. We've we've always relied on word of mouth and referrals, but we know we want to start like doing a better job of marketing ourselves. What what are the steps? What are the first steps that you're going to recommend to to someone? Matt, it all goes back to what we said earlier that you are building a personal brand. Mm-hmm. Therefore, your bio is very important, right? They need to know enough about you to trust you and know mm-hmm. that they can relate to you and that you'll listen and you'll be knowledgeable of their needs. Again, someone investing from out of the country has different needs than someone relocating across town or across country. So mm-hmm. we'll position your bio so it speaks to your ideal client, the Mm -hmm. one that you'd love to work with all the time. And maybe you'll attract more of those so that you don't have to take just any client just to make your commission. And I also agree with you that you don't want to be so dependent upon the MLS integration. Mm -hmm. Rather, you want your own unique landing page that is not that corporate background through Keller Williams or whatever your brokerage is, but it's a landing page that talks about you, how you serve your customers, what communities you serve. Sometimes we'll do neighborhood highlights to profile a few different neighborhoods that you really love to sell in or are Mm -hmm. hot areas. And that's where we start really by having a conversation and listening to who you serve and Mm -hmm. then crafting a plan to make that the initial scope of work. Yeah. So if if you're a if you're an agent at one of these large firms, do you recommend do they need their own website URL or do they usually have a page that they have enough control over kind of on on the the parent site that they can do this sort of, you know, customized unique landing page? That varies by brokerage, the corporate mm-hmm. houses I've worked with Everybody from Remax to EXP to Corcoran Group to mm-hmm. Keller Williams to, and I have friends that own some Keller Williams agencies. So that varies based on who you're with, first of mm-hmm. all. And do you need your own or can you piggyback off of what they provide? It's going to depend on your budget and mm-hmm. your level of commitment to building a personal brand. Yeah. And I think that those three questions will allow you to answer that for yourself. If it were me making that decision, I always want to invest in my personal brand. Yeah. And if you, if you do invest in your personal brand, you have your own website, you also have the ability to shift, you know, maybe you move companies that, that you work with at some point, or there's a reason that you want to, to change something (laughs) about, about your life and your world. You're not, your audience or your SEO or your, you know, whatever it is, isn't totally linked to, you know, another company. And I, I think in my experience, most of the most of the agents I've worked with, they're even when they're attached to a larger agency, they have the flexibility and the ability to create their own persona online and that often includes a website. But you're right, it is a bigger it is a bigger budget. And I, I know in in our world, typically to design and develop your own website, you're you're looking at you know ten to fifteen thousand dollars to do that, and I, I know that's a big deal for a lot of agents. Just speaking on the budget thing, I think it's important also though to think you know how many how many 
how many new clients are you going to get from having a really solid website with this great messaging? You know, if it if it turns out that that turns into four more clients this year and four more clients every year after that, it, you know, it's it's a pretty even even at those small numbers that can be a worthwhile investment. And and to your point, you said I, some of it has to do with what it, what are your ambitions? I I think that most top performers need to have a pretty solid personal brand and that's usually going to involve some autonomy from whatever whatever house that you're with. Absolutely. And you know that that SEO juice counts for something. Having that mm-hmm. established website counts for something. Mm-hmm. And hopefully your expertise is leading them to make that investment because you're right, even at a small scale with four homes a year, mm-hmm. it's worth the investment. Yeah. Well, this has been a great conversation. If folks are listening to this podcast and they're real estate agents and they want to connect with you or find you, where where should they find you? And I don't know, what what do you want to say in terms of how you can help people that are operating in this space? You can find me at threewatchersmarketing.com. And I have a page dedicated to real estate on there. And what I would say is if you're really dedicated to your craft and you want to be perceived as a professional real estate agent, not just someone that has it as a hobby, really invest in your personal brand and do the minimum viable product that it Mm -hmm. takes you to, to, to be known with a great bio and a great landing page that is all your own. Yeah. And I'll I'll add to that to say, I think it's, well, I'm maybe a little bit biased here, but I think it's just so worth it to to work with a strategist who understands your industry and is able to help give you that perspective and help you do that. I found the hardest work that I've ever done in marketing is on my own brand and business. And it's mm. it's so beneficial to have an outside voice helping you craft those ideas. And so, you know, we know that budget is an issue, but, you know, I think it's a great investment to work with a story brand guide or a marketing strategist to help you clarify that information. And if you're in real estate, you know, I think you should you should go to threewatersmarketing.com and get in, get in touch with Royce about what she can do. So I think we're going to leave it there for today. But again, thank you for being on the show. And we'll put all these links and information in the bio. This has been Words First Marketing Podcast for how to implement words in your marketing and specifically using the story brand framework, how to implement that well. So Royce, thanks for being on the show. Thank you.